Ladies and gentlemen, it's January 2021. America is rioting at the Capitol building. So let's have a fun time talking about something absolutely unrelated. Superheroes. They're not fascists. Where is this intro going? Sorry, I'm still a bit shaken about how 2021 was supposed to be better and, and really didn't live up to that very quickly. But anyway, we're here to talk about Marvel and a new thing that they're doing. And joining me to discuss WandaVision is a man who really just wants to live a very black and white suburban lifestyle and fit in with his neighbours. It's Stuart Late. <laughs> hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Yes, except I keep seeing weird red things all the time. <laughs> It is a darkness in your soul that's forcing yes. you to kill and kill again. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how are you, Stu? I'm good, Natalie. How are you? You know, good. How are you finding 2021? Uh, look, I'd like to uh, take it back. Um, <laughs> I feel like this one is also defective. <laughs> it's so funny because the last time we recorded was with Dan and uh, Greg doing our Doctor Who special. Yes, very special. fun which I think was like the 3rd of January. So it was pre-Capital Riot. It was pre-everything. We were still in that optimistic phase. <laughs> 2021 still had that brand new out-of-the-box smell. It was the fantastic. The new smell. Um, really, really good. And then I woke up one morning and just flicked open Twitter and went, wow, America's just, 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 <laughs> wow. Wow. And uh, at the same time, uh, the Br Brisbane, the, the area that we're in, also had a resurgence of coronavirus. Oh, yeah. So that, that happened as well. Yeah, so I'm supposed to be in Perth right now. That's right. <laughs> I, I forgot about my tragic career. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't, sorry, that didn't. That sounded more self-deprecating than I meant. <laughs> I meant the tragedy that is my No, that's worse. Uh, <laughs> the ironic tragedy of trying to have a career. Maybe that's what I mean. Sure. Uh, yes, I should be in Perth right now um, doing some comedy shows, but WA shut the borders to Queensland because we had a case of the UK mutant strain here. And we all were locked down for a long weekend. Masks are back in now in Brisbane. Although really, they're kind of in for the first time, really, in a mass way. Certainly, yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've been wearing them because we've been going back to work for the last sort of two or three months of, of 2020. And I've been wearing a mask on the bus and I've been the only person wearing a mask on the bus and people have been looking at me like I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, <laughs> we're, no, we're, we're still in a global pandemic, guys. Like you could probably stand to wear a mask on, on public transport where you're all locked together in a, in a tube. I definitely um, feel like that has flipped now to the point where if yes. you weren't wearing a mask, people will look at you funny. Absolutely. And that's what I love is the fact that as soon as you mandate mask wearing, suddenly it becomes the norm. And if you're not wearing a mask, everyone looks at you funny. And that's good because masks stop the spread of coronavirus. Yeah. It's been proven. And now, and now it will be like that, hopefully, for as long as this is continuing, because I guess Brisbane as a city, we had that moment of, oh, let's put the goddamn masks on because we don't want this to be a lockdown for any longer than three days. Yeah, yeah, we had a hard three-day lockdown and it came <laughs> after like a couple of months of basically things were back to normal. Yeah. And then it just, it was like, nope, it, the virus is still out there and it can still get you. So just wear a mask, people. Yeah. That's all well, the, ho the hotel where it happened, this particular mutant case, is not far from my house. Mm. So I was for a few days there going, gee, did I walk past there, you know, possibly past someone <laughs> in the street, 
have I breathed heavily or inhaled heavily? Uh, well, maybe. That I mean, this thing, maybe. So far, touch wood. So, so far, good. not. But the point is maybe. And so that's why, you know, just be careful. Yeah, yeah. And Speaking it's, okay. of mutant strains, do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about. See, as usual, listeners, my trick is to get Stu on the phone to say, hey, let's talk about a pop culture thing. But actually, <laughs> I just want to catch up with Stu, really. I just don't get enough Stuart Michael Thingen late in my life. <laughs> do you like, I've just, just given you. Given Are those middle names canon now? I think, I think that's <laughs> all I just feel like you're a man who needs two middle names. Mm. I don't even know what your real middle name is. Maybe <laughs> we should run a competition. Call in. Yeah, I won't say. Yeah, don't say. Call in and let's get people on the Twitter seeing if they can guess your middle name. Absolutely. Stuart something like, unless you're one of those people who didn't get a middle name. <laughs> no, like I do dad. have yeah, that, that'd be a, that'd be a fun, like, trick question. No, I, yeah. I definitely have a middle name. So My dad guessing. doesn't have a middle name. Oh, doesn't he? No, none of my My dad, his brother and his sister, none of them have middle names. Very weird. They felt it was too extravagant? I don't know what my grandparents were thinking. Because my granddad, the Polish guy, he had a middle name. He was Maciej Tadeusz Bohensky. Oh, boy. And my, my, I don't think my grandmother has a middle name. Well, she does. She forgot what it was, though, and I had to remind her because she didn't think she had one. And I only found it because I found her, like, her war, not her war record, but maybe, like, her like the form she filled in to join up or something, some sort of wartime service something, and it had her middle name on it, which was Zindhu, Z-I-N-D-H-U, oh, okay. uh, which is an a Indian name because her father was a Zoroastrian. So it was mm. – and I'm like, that's such a cool name, Gran. Why aren't you using that? Why am I not using that name? Why am I not Natalie Zintu? I would be so much more exciting <laughs> sounding. Well, I suppose Bohensky is pretty exotic in itself <laughs> as that's far true. as Polish names go. <laughs> but Zintu, I, look, if you do know how to pronounce that name correctly, if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, please call in. But, yes, please tweet if you think you know what Stu's middle name is or come up with what you think it should be. Something, <laughs> feel like, that sounds more fun. Yeah, something something really, you know, like Farquhar or, you know, something aristocratic. I wonder what you were going to say then. Farquhar, you know, like <laughs> Lord, Lord Farquhar from Shrek, is it? Yes, it is, yeah. Or Sebastian, Stuart Sebastian Late. That makes you sound like a character in a, a Merchant Ivory film. WandaVision. Why am I procrastinating about talking about WandaVision when I did I – you know why? Because I'm a bit scared about not knowing enough about this to give a proper opinion, right. which is a caveat I should probably put on all of these podcasts. But the main reason is because, Stu, I can't remember what happened in Endgame. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> and this – now, now, you have seen Endgame is the point. Like, like, I have, you have seen, seen Endgame. It. I went to the cinema to see Endgame, and I'll tell yes, you what I remember. As did, as did the rest of the world. Yeah, a billion plus dollars worth. I remember everyone had died. Oh, no, there was the, the clicky-click, swishy-swish, dusty-dust yes. uh, thingy. I remember Hawkeye being really mad about that. He was, yes. I remember eventually every. Oh, no, that's right. Tony Stark solved time travel in about... 30 seconds just with, by with a bit of help with a head start but yes that's true yes he literally sat down and went oh wait hang on if you carried the one and crossed the i <laughs> and dotted the t oh i just invented time travel yeah cool he invented time travel he had a kid paul rudd was there and then eventually everyone came back from the dusty dusty and then and it was the best moment in cinematic history was it 
<laughs> no, well, if that's the new consensus, you know, I'm still going for, you know, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That's just me. Obviously didn't have the special effects budget of a Marvel movie, but uh, I remember it being very stirring. I didn't realise there'd been a meeting and that had been decided as the, the best cinematic. Yeah, no, we, we all we all met. Um, uh, you, your okay. invitation must have got lost in the mail. All right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we all decided, and then we decided that was it. That, that's uh, You can't top it. Uh, oh. and, and, in fact, soon afterwards, uh, cinema kind of shut down for a while. So I think... Um, See, you know. <laughs> it's all connected. Um, so, yeah, so then there was Everyone Lived and there was uh, some undusting. So yes, I, but, but I can't but what you're remember. What you're forgetting, what you're forgetting, Natalie, is that yes. at the end of Infinity War... Um, yeah. Which was the film before it? Vision, who has the, uh, who is Paul Bettany, who's the the red and green android man. Yes. Uh, he has the the Mind Stone in his uh, head, and Thanos ripped it out, killing him. Right. Did you, did you remember that at all? No, I do, because did he he sort of lifted him up by his neck or something, and. Yes. Well, well, it was it was doubly it was doubly tragic because uh, he convinced Wanda, uh, the Scarlet Witch, to to do it to to kill him. And destroy the Mind Stone so that Thanos couldn't get it. But then Thanos already had the Time Stone, and so he turned back time to before Vision's head exploded, and then ripped out the stone himself. Ah, oh, so ah, oh, so he so he had said, "No, you have to kill me, my love." Yes, exactly. It was a big he tragic had... thing, and she's like, "Oh, I can't." And he's right. like, "No, you have to." And he he made this noble sacrifice, and then it was all for nothing because Thanos already had the the Time Stone and was able okay. to turn back time and get it anyway. So now I'm seeing a slight connecting through line into mm. WandaVision. Indeed. Concept. Well, we'll get. To, okay, we'll get to that. So, um, so this is the first Marvel event production. Well, the, the first creation, TV show. Slate. The first. Well, the first TV show, but it's sort of the first Marvel anything really since. Well, Endgame. yeah, for, for over a year, um, which is insane to think about. We're like everyone was getting a little bit of Marvel fatigue, I think. So in a way, the pandemic in 2020 <laughs> has almost been good for Marvel's brand. It's given everyone a break. It's sort of had a 12-month like time to rest on the shelf. Because they were pumping sort of, out sort of two a year, weren't they? Oh, yeah, towards the end. Like they were definitely coming out two a year. Yeah, two movies a year plus, and I, I'm, it's wrong to say that it's the first Marvel TV show because, of course, there was all the Netflix shows with Daredevil and oh. Jessica Jones and all that sort of thing. Yes. And there was also, like, you know, broadcast shows. There was, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a couple of other um, shows there. Uh, so, like, there's been a lot of Marvel content in the past, and Oops. people were sort of getting a little bit fatigued by it is a charitable way to say it. Not me. I love it. But, like, I definitely <laughs> know that other people were getting very, very uh, sick of it. And so giving it sort of a year or so to sort of breathe and say, okay, we're going to start with this show. Yeah, like people are excited for it. People want to see some Marvel stuff again. And it's it's nice to check in with these characters. And they're not top tier Marvels, are they? Uh, no, not. I mean, not not in the movies and not in the comics. They're, they're sort of very firmly supporting players. But they both seem like incredibly powerful. They are. I mean, this is the thing. Like, they both seem certainly... like Jesus mixed with the Houdini mixed with the um, Jesus again. <laughs> did Jesus do magic? He did. Yeah, he did magic. I mean, he did. Yeah, famously. Yeah, was, yeah famously did magic. Just, you know, water into wine and yeah, then pick a cup you know, And I know. Yeah, his his close up coin magic was legendary. <laughs> But um, no, no, uh, they 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 are definitely are uh, two of the more powerful characters in the films and in the comics. So like, yeah, it's it's funny that they always seem to get relegated to uh, supporting players. But I guess you know they're finally getting their chance to shine, and I'm really happy that they do. I've actually got this on my list. We did a, our one minute challenge, uh, and just to sort of uh, foreshadow it, um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are awesome in this. 
I think. Yeah, I don't know really good. Like, I don't... I don't know that I've seen much of Elizabeth Olsen outside of the Marvel movies. And obviously she started as Scarlet Witch, although they never called her Scarlet Witch, did they? She was always They never have. No, no, not on screen. It's one of those um, funny comics code code names that they never really ported over. But also, isn't it because it's like some sort of copyright issue with X-Men, possibly? No, although she was one, like, they, she and her brother Pietro, who was Quicksilver, they're, they're technically mutants. And so they were in a weird copyright thing with Fox, who owned the rights to the X-Men. So if, if or any character in the Marvel Universe who was a mutant was technically owned by Fox, and so these two, but these two, uh, Scarlet Witch especially, but also uh, Quicksilver, have always been associated with the Avengers. And so they're, they're in like a weird grey area. And so the trade-off was that they kept Scarlet Witch and killed off Quicksilver. Right, which I remember um, being really sad about in that first. Was it the first yeah, Avengers it, or the second Avengers? Uh, the second remember. in Age of Ultron, and but 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 that was also that was after um, Quicksilver had already appeared in a in a Fox X Men movie. So they they did their own version. Now, uh, question about Quicksilver, just briefly, and then mm-hmm. you can go on with your list because we did do the minute challenge for this, where we put yes. a minute on the clock and try and remember everything that we could about the episode. D- didn't Quicksilver have an accent? Oh uh, yeah, they both did. What? What? This is this is quite famous. Yeah, quite famously. She doesn't have insane. one anymore. Yeah. She doesn't have one anymore. Um, but you know, a couple of things like so. The the in universe explanation is that so it's been several she's years. She's acclimatized. Since yeah. She's acclimatized exactly, and, and you know she's been around people. She's been, you know, she's lost her accent very quickly. Basically, <laughs> basically, uh, I, I assume Elizabeth Olsen didn't want to continue doing a, a almost pantomime Eastern European accent. Uh, so she just decided not to do that anymore. Although they, they claim that like, there's still a bit of a lilt to her voice and there is, but I mean, she's basically just using her own voice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, just to go back to your point of them being quite sparkling in this, she is nailing that fifties, sixties sitcom. Oh yeah. Everything about what she's doing while still having to, cause it's a tricky, it's a tricky one to, cause she has to try and nail that, but also still, because obviously something – sorry, that's my cats are deciding to have a fight while we're podcasting. Thank you, Jax. <laughs> um, she obviously has to still be Wanda and something's happening in the background. Yeah. Or for, you know, whatever ground is because, you know, clearly this is a weird mindscape that she's in or something. Sure. Um, yeah, so she's got to maintain a bit of reality as much as, you know, that reality in quotes while being this hyper, hyper retro character. And Absolutely really doing so well just the the perky voice and oh okay let's oh, now that's romantic you know she's getting all of those cadences there's very subtle but noticeable differences between the first and second episodes oh yeah where you go from like a 50s style sitcom to a 60s style sitcom mm. right and there's there's noticeable differences so that they, they are that they have just locked in it's so good well this was my on my minute challenge is the the opening credits were different because they Mm. dropped two episodes and the opening credits i still quite haven't quite worked out what the 50s one is supposed to be i like well apparently it's mostly an homage to i love lucy Lucy. but but specific but more specifically the dick van dyke show uh dick van dyke that's what i yeah yeah, because the other one I was doing was like the Honeymooners is also about like newlyweds and they were newlyweds. Yeah. But I was like, there's something about that but opening song. Like vi- we're vision, vision never threatens to assault Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, exactly. And I looked up the opening to the Honeymooners and it's literally just a picture of the moon with Jackie Gleason's face. And it's like yeah. Jackie Gleason, the Honeymooners. 
and some fireworks. Like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the second episode is so bewitched. Like, it's it's locked. It's bewitched. (laughs) A little bit of, um, what's the other one? I Dream of Genie, I guess, a little bit, but it's bewitched. Oh, at a very, very, like 5%, maybe, I Dream of Genie. It is so. Bewitched. Like, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Which is very appropriate. And and the thing is, is that I loved that because I Bewitched was like my after-school viewing. Yeah, Back absolutely. In the late 80s, early 90s, Bewitched would always be on at like 3 o'clock. I think it was I Dream of Genie at 3 to 3.30 and then um, Bewitched from 3.30 yes. to 4. Yeah, I know exactly so what I you would, mean. I would normally see like the very tail end of I Dream of Genie, like the last sequence with her going, oh, Major Nelson, and him going, (laughs) oh, Genie, you funny Genie, and her going, you know, like, boink, and then it would go into Bewitched, Bewitched, and the, you know, the little mouth thing that Elizabeth Montgomery used to do that nobody else can do. I don't know how. (laughs) Um, But, yes, I loved seeing all of the little nods to that show. Yes. Um, but, yeah, anyway, well, do you want to go on with your uh, list? Sure, this, yeah, well, I, I can do my list. Clam bakes like, structure. Yeah, that's right. So so the first uh, the first item on my list ties into what we're, talk- we're already talking about, which is that uh, the show commits to the bit, which is so – which has been quite divisive, actually, I've seen in the general reaction to the to the episodes. Some people are not into it. They're like, look, we know something's going on. Can we just get around to it, please? But – I love it. I, I think it's really, really good. I think that it's it's so specific. And you're right. Like, they are making an episode of a sitcom, mm. which I think is so interesting. They're, they're instead of so, – so they're taking it at face value. Vision and Wanda have moved to a small town to try and live a normal life. And they're, they're playing that straight. And then they're using that within the format of, in episode one, a 50s-style sitcom, and then in episode two, a 60s-style sitcom. Mm. So they're, they're using that, that format, which I think is genius. They're committing to it. like mm. you, and, and so, therefore, you kind of buy in. Like, the, the first episode is all about they need to impress Vision's boss. And the second episode is all about, oh, they need to win the talent contest to, to win over their neighbours. Mm. They've it got to stinks. fit in. Like, like yeah. that, to, to fit in. Like, they, they, they absolutely have – you buy into the, the reality of it, which is deliberate because it's all fake, Right. Yeah. Like it's all a charade and that it highlights the fact that it's all fake, but you buy in because you, you, the reality of it is so convincing, mm. which is, which is absolute genius. Yeah. They've, they've nailed, how do I put this? They've nailed both the tropes about those sitcoms that we kind of love and rely on, mm. but also the genuine, like what those sitcoms were doing. So it's, yes. it's like both straight and parody in one. Yeah, like absolutely. They, they, well, it's well, pastiche almost. Like, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Parody. Watching it, I was like, this is how I felt watching, particularly the second one. I was like, they're having fun doing this. Oh, yeah. Everyone who's involved, like the way that they're writing, the way that they're acting, like to me it felt like, oh, this is how I feel doing plays. Like this is how I feel yeah. like with friends doing plays. And uh, I had that connection much more than seeing them, I guess, in a Marvel superhero movie where they're flying sure, around yeah. feeding bad guys. There was just something about bringing them into a more intimate setting uh, to that more suburban setting that just made me glom onto them as characters more because I could almost feel like the people, I knew the people behind it more, even though they're fake versions of fake. It, mm, exactly. it did a little bit of spellbinding work on me, I must admit. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's it's so you, you're right. They're obviously having so much fun, and like we said, Olsen and Bethany are just having the time of their life playing up to this. And, and do you know, like they they actually literally filmed in front of a live audience for the first two episodes. Did they? Yeah, especially for the first one, like they filmed it like a sitcom. So there's there oh. you're hearing like laughter. That's not canned laughter, although. That would have fit. Like if they had canned laughter to put over the top, that would have that would have probably fit with the general unsettling theme. Yeah. But like no, that that's real laughter from a, a studio audience. Well, they might have boosted it because I think that's. That, what I they think do. they probably did, but. Yeah, they normally boost the audience laughter a bit if it's not as funny as. Um, it was not as loud. They added a little bit of extra in, but that's, <laughs> I'm so glad that they did that because it, and and maybe that's why it's sort of harnessed into the reality of those sitcoms because they reproduce reproduce the situation under which they were filmed. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's like a play because it's a setting that's very stagey. It's, you know, the fourth wall is where the audience is. So uh, continue with your list. Yes, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So uh, the the next item in my list is uh, someone is watching though. Uh, So we know from the end of the first episode, it pulls back. Because we get credits. We yes. get, like, credits to the episode of a TV show that they're apparently starring in. Now, do you reckon and those then, credits were fake credits? Where, how do you mean? like? Well, they had the actual credits for WandaVision at the end yes. of the show. Yeah, yeah. So I assume what rolled up the screen, you know, once they had the little love heart and, like, you've been watching WandaVision. Yes, had, yeah, yeah. I assume they were fake credits. But they I, were fake in-universe credits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which people have started pouring over trying to find the significance of those names. Um, and I haven't seen anything. That's was going to be my yet, next but, question. But yes. Is there something significant to those names? No, nothing specifically. Although if you want to talk about names, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, the ads, which uh, <gasps> appear in the middle of the Yes, the episodes, I forgot to note those Very down. interesting. So the first one in episode one is a new Stark Industries toaster, uh, which is... <laughs> Very interesting. And the only the only appearance of something coloured red in the first episode, uh, which is a small blinking light that goes yes, that's quicker right. and quicker. Now, I I thought I had a, I had a vague idea that this had something to do with her origin story, but people have sort of connected that to because because then in the second episode, the ad is for a Strucker wristwatch. Yes. Now, Baron von Strucker is the guy who gave Wanda and Pietro their powers in Age of Ultron. Nice. Right, and the watch has a little Hydra symbol on it. I saw the Hydra symbol, mm. and then I had to go and look up Strucker and go, oh, okay, yeah. he's that guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was it. Like, well, I saw Strucker, and I was like, well, he's clearly someone. And then I saw the little Hydra logo and went, okay, Absolutely. he's clearly a Hydra. Th- Strucker is a bit German, you know, Hydra being a little. He'll make time for you. Yeah, he'll make time for you. <laughs> So that's interesting. Uh, and so what what people what uh, the, I can't take full credit for this, but people have sort of put this together that this seems to be telling Wanda's origin story. So her parents were killed by a Stark Industries bomb. That's right. Yeah. Right? They, they were killed but they were killed by like a missile that killed that you know oh, okay. their, was used to bomb their home. Um, so toast the toaster is the toaster the Stark is a Stark Industries toaster that that has yeah. a, a red light that goes beep 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 right um and then obviously the uh strucker watch is a reference to baron von strucker who gave her her powers so it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what the ad is in the next episode should we place a wager 
Yeah, maybe. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about what it could be. I mean, I guess... <laughs> I mean, it might be something to do with Ultron. Yes, or she, something. She teamed up with Ultron to start with, and then that's right. And then and he was the Avengers. I don't know. He was very camp. Maybe some sort of <laughs> fancy boots or something. Like yeah. Ultron was a very, very flashy. He uh, was. He robot. was. Or, or it might be a. Um, it might be for a toy robot. Yeah. Or maybe something to do with her brother, like maybe shoes, like, yeah, you know, joggers yeah, yeah. or something, like quick. Yeah, right, quick, quick silver running shoes. That's right, or something like that. Um, or, um, see, this is the thing, I can't really think about what else Wanda has done <laughs> through the films because, well, you know, that's it. I mean, you know, she, has been, she has been a supporting player. Uh, so, um, which is a shame. As I said, it's a shame because, like, she's very good and the character is is very good and they kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. They've only really shown up in the in the Avengers movies. Yes, uh, but that's good. It means there's, hmm. you know, more of her to unpack in this series. That's it, exactly. All right. Um, so there's that. Uh, so I had Olsen and Bettany are great on my list. Uh, someone is watching. So obviously, like, there's a there's an overall... Something is happening outside of this universe that, that we are watching. Mm. it's interesting there's a um so uh she finds a toy helicopter that is colored bright like like red um, it was and it's red always, and yellow yeah yeah so so the the color she sees is always red and obviously she's the scarlet witch like red is her color so that's there, it's also tony dramatic. stark's color it is tony stark's that's, color that's what i thought of when i saw that helicopter i thought cause yeah. it's, it was like it's, red it's and it's yellow iron like red. iron man yeah it's Iron Man red, and uh, the symbol on it—you probably wouldn't have any way to know this—but the symbol on it, on it is from a an organization in the comics called Sword, who are sort of the sister agency to Shield, and they are—they sort of proactively go against like extraterrestrial and world-ending threats. Okay. Right. So, so in the comics, there's Shield, who are sort of a defensive organization, and then uh, later on, Sword gets set up, and they sort of proactively go and try to stop things before the, before it happens. I must admit, I did look up Wikipedia, and that Geraldine character from the second episode. Yes. She's like related to Sword somehow. I did see that name, Sword. Yes. Uh, but I think she's from Cap- Captain Marvel, which I haven't seen. So I missed something. There's a gap there in my knowledge too. So that's interesting. Yeah. So basically it's weird to, to know what's a spoiler and what's not, because I, w- I want to sort of yeah. let you watch this as it sort of unfolds. But she has been linked to other Marvel properties already. Like she's playing a character who is not Geraldine, who lives in a small town. Like she's going to be someone. So, yeah. And it's interesting to think why she's here. Basically, well, it's like, well, what? why is she here? Why are any of them here? Because they seem to have these moments of clarity where they know that something's not right, like something's something's happening that shouldn't be happening. And yes. then they, everything sort of snaps back and everyone's playing their roles again. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I thought she played a, she made a little she made a lovely little impression in that small bit that she had in the second episode mm. as kind of another person who wasn't quite yet a Stepford wife. Yes, there was that yeah. sense with the the women of the neighborhood that uh, Anya from Buffy was the head. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the head Barbie doll, and uh, everyone was doing her bidding, and obviously Wanda was not quite up to it, and Geraldine was like, I also don't know really what I'm doing here. So it was like a little bit of an anti-Stepford wife vibe. Yeah. Which was nice. 
It is. It's very. It's very cool. The next thing I had written down was um, Catherine Hahn, uh, Dottie, uh, friend or foe. Um, oh. So. I didn't she... think about that as a foe. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically, she very proactively puts herself in their lives. Like yes, she's but... really pushing to, to, like, especially in episode one, but even in episode two, like she's she's there, she's pushing Wanda to do things, she's she's helping her out. It's interesting. Isn't that funny? I didn't see her as a potential threat at all, but you're right, she very much could be. I just saw her in that total vein of nosy next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe and maybe she is. Like maybe maybe she's another person who's just there, you know, and doesn't know why she's there. Because <laughs> there's <laughs> there's definitely that happening. I, I think it's 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 so interesting to see when the show chooses to break format, mm. uh, which I think is really fascinating. Like like there's that moment during the dinner in episode one where the boss starts like uh, Mr. Hart starts to choke. Yes. And yes. Suddenly suddenly and we're going... not in a sitcom anymore. We're in a yeah. proper you know the camera's moving differently and yes. the, the music music changes and something something I didn't notice when I was watching it although I must have picked it up but uh, I I saw it mentioned in a review was that the special effects change because Vision's powers and Wanda's powers are very era appropriate like the very obviously when she's moving stuff around they're obviously being dangled on strings and things like that and when he changes his face it's like a very 50s style you know uh, transition whereas when he reaches in and pulls the thing out of his throat that's modern special effects like that that's the 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 phasing effect that we're used to from the movies yeah so that's interesting deliberate choices there yeah and that's the thing it's like is he doing that in reality or in is she imagining because this if this is all in her head because the the person is someone saying who's doing this to you wonder who's doing this to you that's the voice kind of keeps saying she's in the second episode so does she is he actually saving well yeah Sorry, I'm, I don't even know how to express it. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah, it's very strange. But the thing is, like, you know, is the he last fake time we saw saving Vision, her, or dead. is he real saving him? Is he fake saving him or real saving him? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, that, that, that's really interesting because the thing is, like, the last time we saw Vision, he was dead, and he didn't come back because he was killed before the the snap happened. So that's right. Yeah. You know, so that's, he was dead. That's at right. The, yeah. End, at the end of Endgame, Vision is dead, and suddenly he's here in this in this show Mm. and obviously like you know we we didn't have a lot of time in the the wrap-up of endgame because there was so much happening to really sit with the fact that like vision had been murdered and now wanda uh had to live with that so maybe this is some sort of coping mechanism or is it something else is she defending herself from something like yeah who's done this to you Mm. you know is what the question that keeps asking and did do you recognize that voice at all Who's doing this to you, Wanda? Yeah. You're going to tell me and it's going to be really obvious, isn't it? No, I mean, like, the thing is, like, some people, I mean, some people have said it sounds a little bit like Chris Evans' as Captain America, and other people have said it sounds a little bit like Scott Lang, uh, Ant-Man. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, no, I just heard generic man, sorry. But, it, but <laughs> both of them, like, I don't hear either of those, but I, I'm sitting there going, geez, I mean, I... It's probably it's probably not anyone we've met before, but you know it's just interesting. It's like oh well, some someone is calling to her from the outside world, I guess. Well, I'm but, figuring but also, she's in a coma or a suspended state of animation or under torture or etc. Yeah, someone's trying to use her for something or who knows. But um, what I found really interesting is that everyone's stuck around that table. So so that in the first episode where they're having the dinner scene uh, and the the boss starts choking, she says to him first of all, like like his wife start saying to him, stop it, stop it, you know, oh, stop yes. being so silly. Yes. And then, like, s- rapidly we come to realise she's saying it to Wanda. She's going, stop it, stop it, 
stop it, stop mm. it, right? And Vision doesn't do anything. Vision's looking to her. No, yeah. Right? She's looking, he's looking to her going, uh, what do you want me to do here? And then it's like he, he can't act without her say so. That's right. And then she says, vision, help him. And then he goes mm. and helps him. Mm. And then gets a promotion. So, you know, well done all around. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. And then the, the day is saved. Just um, as an aside, I was trying to work out who that boss guy was. I was like, I know that face. He's been in lots of things. And I looked him up. Apparently he's been in a lot of Woody Allen, which is like, oh, well, I wouldn't know him from that. I've think I've seen one Woody Allen movie because I'm me, obviously. <laughs> but he's in Brooklyn Nine Nine as the he's like the George R. R. Martin oh, rip off yes, character. Of course he is. Yes, of the course he is. DC Parlov, who writes yes. those the fantasy books that uh, Terry and Jake are really into. And I think he's in a couple <laughs> of episodes. But yeah, I was like, who is that man? I recognize that face. But uh, just as, as an aside to the aside, all of the supporting characters have been cast because they have amazing faces for oh, this yeah. team, like amazing character faces. And well, even, he, his, you know. His wife is the wife from that 70s show. That 70s show, that's right. But they all they all have obviously been made up as well, but their faces are, you know, with, with black and white, you know, yeah. you had to have these really expressive paint, uh, uh, faces that when you put makeup on them and you'd have these, you know, big eyes and lips and shape, you know, Wanda probably has the most neutral face of anyone in the show. Probably, yeah. probably Paul Bettany when he's Paul Bettany and not full vision metalhead. Mm. They're the most straight characters. Everyone else has these wonderfully expressive faces. Yeah, so well done on the casting, I guess, was my note there. Yeah. <laughs> Back to you, Stu. <laughs> the other thing was um, I love Paul Bettany's drunk acting. Um, oh, yeah. I think he was channeling a little bit of Rick Mile, maybe. I got that too. Yeah. Isn't that there was just a little bit of that. Maybe it's just yes. the fact that he has a similar sort of accent, but I don't know. I definitely felt that vibe. I think I even had the name sort of flick through my head too yeah. at one point, but I didn't write it down in my minute challenge. But I'm so glad you brought it up because, yeah, there was a very slapsticky, uh, you know, you feel like if it was, wasn't a 60s sitcom, he probably would have sworn quite rudely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> But I love, I love that it is the situation that they find themselves in is from a 60s sitcom. So he's an android man and he gets a piece of gum in there and it gums up his works. Yeah. You know, I don't know that that would have happened in if we were just in the normal universe. Like if we were just like, I don't think Vision swallowing a piece of gum is going to like make him act drunk. But in the universe of the 60s, of the episode of the 60s sitcom that they're in, that's yes. what happened. It makes perfect sense that there's been an element yeah. introduced to to gum up his, literally gum up his yeah. insides. Oh, brilliant. What <laughs> else do you got? What else? What? Um, uh, and so the only, the only other thing, I'll, I'll finish it up. The only other thing I had was uh, B-Man <laughs> appearing from the street and um, Wanda oh, yes. very firmly saying no. <laughs> no. And rewinding, the- rewinding reality, if we weren't already uh, aware that this was maybe not happening exactly how we're seeing it play out. Yeah. And, well, that's that's sort of what I was alluding to with Vision and Thanos rewinding time. Mm. So does she maybe have the time stone or something? Can she? No. Or is it, well, I, I suppose no, no. if it's in her head, part she of can the, do Part of her powers to. is that she can affect the local reality around her. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's within her power set to, to do that. And who is B-Man? Is he from the comic? People don't know yet. Okay. Um, there, there are some theories out there, but I, they, they are very, very deep in the comics lore. So I, if, they, if they play out like that, we can talk about it. But I feel okay. like bringing them up now would just confuse things. <laughs> I guess all I was going to say about that is that what 
seems to scare them. And I'm trying to remember what happened in the first, well, it was the choking in the first, but in the second episode, what scares them in that first scene where they're in the twin beds, very cute, uh, is the tree banging on the door outside, mm. which doesn't sound like a tree, but that's the explanation that's given, that there's a yeah. random tree branch. Like uh, and then it's, the yeah, and that, well, that's right. And then it's the beekeeper coming out of a manhole in the street, which, you know, the beekeeper in itself is not, it, like, it's, I guess, spooky enough, but when he's emerging from a sewer, makes it very, yes. <laughs> very intense. So I was thinking there's something there, is there something there about nature, trees and bees, something about, you know, they're in a house that's sort of safe and it's the outside. You know, I'm trying to be like an academic student writing a, a, a think piece <laughs> and it's probably not very well put together. Uh, well, I'd love to, I'd love to figure out, I, I, hope, I hope it's not just a weird visual and that they do have a reason for the guy to be wearing like a beekeeping outfit and surrounded by bees. There is a character in Marvel Comics called Swarm who is a Nazi made out of bees. So maybe it's him. I don't know. Wow. That's a great concept for a character. I know, right? I've never heard of Swarm, but yeah, a Nazi made out of... The only way I think you could in, improve on that is if it was a Nazi made out of wasps, because they get well, more stings. Yes. That's it. But a Nazi made out of bees. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strangely and unfortunately uh, vaguely relevant to the times that we live in. Um, <laughs> Except that all the bees are disappearing because we've screwed up the environment, Stu. So yes, exactly. Fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll well, they all be gone. They will make up uh, Nazi bee men. <laughs> oh, Nazis. <laughs> Why, what is life in the modern? <laughs> 80 years on and yes. Nazi. Right. Are you done with your list? I think that that is everything that I had written down. Because I probably cross over a lot of what you've said. Well, and I, I've but just realised I did forget one massive thing from episode two, but maybe it's on your list. Uh, I assume the pregnancy? Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the random, probably five-month pregnant belly that pops out <laughs> of nowhere, which makes sense that they're going into the 70s, so I guess they'll do like a, what's a 70s sitcom? Uh, Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah, Brady Bunch. Yeah, that would be the obvious one, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'll be it'll be Brady Bunch, uh, and then the '80s is going to be uh, apparently like Family Ties sort of stuff and Full House a little bit, and oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, that sort of thing. I ironically enough, well, because uh, is Mary Tyler Moore and Laverne and Shirley too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's them, uh, and then '90s, obviously, I guess like a little bit of Friends slash Seinfeld. <laughs> what is? Oh, the is deal? it a sitcom? Is it a sitcom every week? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they're going up through the decades. Oh, there's no, okay, there's nine it's... episodes, and so if we keep going at this rate, we've got 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, so that gives us six episodes, and then there's three extra ones at the end there. Well, 2010s. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could do that. I mean, they're, they're basically, they're, they've they've said in interviews that the last sort of pastiche they're doing is sort of the more modern sitcoms like Modern Family with the single cameras. Ah, uh, and the office and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know okay. what they're doing an office pastiche. That, that'd be fun. Okay. This is really interesting that they're doing it, they're committing to the bit for the whole way. Because, yeah. again, yeah. this goes back to me not really knowing anything about what they're doing. All they've really shown in the trailers is mostly like that those first few episodes so i guess maybe in my head i thought this is the setup once i realized that the second sitcom was bewitched and it wasn't the same i was like oh okay so we'll have a a bit of the same so a bit of setup a few decades and then it will kind of break and go into the season proper like oh not season, you know what i mean go into the the real quote-unquote story yeah no no no, no. they against 
just like they've committed to the bit in the first couple of episodes, they are they are doing this. They're this committing is, this to is the is whole way. Yeah. Oh well, that's great fun, particularly if they get to the eighties, because man, I lived on Full House and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Family Matters, uh, <laughs> Carl and uh, Steve Urkel. Urkel. Hey, Steve Urkel. Yeah, that was that was my jam. I was totally into all of those shows because that it was the late eighties and nineties and. There were only four TV channels in Australia. And <laughs> exactly, yes. You watched what you – oh, you know what would be great in the 80s if they did Golden Girls? But they're not going to be able to do that, are they? Because <laughs> it's it's got to be a family sitcom. It's got to be, you know – Yeah, it'll be yeah. a family-style sitcom. So, yeah. yeah, Full House, Family Matters, that sort of thing. I wonder if they do The Cosby Show or is that going to be a little too controversial? <laughs> <laughs> I don't imagine Disney wants to be connected with Bill Cosby in any way. You know, way. it's a it's a pity they don't look at the Australian sitcoms because they could really do something with Hey Dad. <laughs> sure, well, yeah. Again, a bit controversial again, again but you know, yes. they could have they could bring back Arthur MacArthur, Mr. Kelly, Mr. Kelly. <laughs> what was the slogan he said? He had a catchphrase, I think, but I can't remember what it was. This is some very niche Australian '90s content. <laughs> if there are people listening at all. Uh, thank you. But also, if you're not from Australia and you did not exist in the 90s, you probably don't know about Hey Dad and, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, Google it. So, yes, but that's what I was going to say because I wrote down in my list is like, is the retro stuff kind of a distraction from the real sort of story? Like, are these, if this is, that's, I think that's what I meant, like a couple mm. of episodes and then they'll break out and see what's really happening. Yeah, but I'm excited. What, in, in the second episode, we saw a little bit more breaking with the format than we saw in the first. So I think that's going to start happening more and more where they sort of let, yeah. re, let the outside reality sort of bleed in to what's happening. Yeah, and people seeming to react to her in that second episode. Like I'm yeah. thinking Dottie, the, the Anya from Buffy character, mm. uh, who I've met, by the way, Clang, name drop, no biggie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Have you really? I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. I, you, when I was yeah, the fine newspaper outlet that you now work at, digital news service, I should say, Brisbane <laughs> yes. Times. When I was at Brisbane Times, I got to meet Emma Caulfield and Nicholas Brendan, who played. Oh, Z. right. Okay. They yeah, came cool. out for um, Supernova. For Supernova, yeah. Okay, cool. And um, I actually gave her a necklace that I was wearing. Uh, oh. I was wearing a, yeah, just a bit of costume jewellery with a little pineapple on it, a little gold pineapple and a gold oh, chain. Lovely. She was like, oh, your necklace is so cute. And I was like, have it? And she's like, <laughs> no, really. I'm like, it was literally, it's just like a $5 chain from a, please be my guest. <laughs> and from Buffy. And she put it on, it looked really cute. Uh, I'm sure she threw it away after that, but that, that's my claim to fame. Um, and also because I took a photo just on my phone, but I took some photos of them mm. because we did the interview in one of their hotel rooms and they were both in there and um, the light wasn't very good. And I said, would you two lie on the bed facing the window and I'll stand at the window and take a photo of you like, you know, like, if you're, you know, you kind of lie on the bed with your hand on your chin sort of thing. Yeah. And the light was really nice. So I got them kind of lying on the bed together and they look, just look really cute yeah. and put that in the story. And I ended up getting, I think it was like, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed, but, so, you know, it's a few, like a couple of um websites took someone one in particular wrote was like can we please use that we want to do a story about what xander and buffy look like now and it went around a bit going oh my god this is what xander and buffy look like now it's like (laughs) they just look the same it's hollywood everyone they they look slightly different haircuts people can can be preserved for a good like 20 years now I know. Have you seen J-Lo? She's aging backwards. But, yeah, that's my claim to fame. But at one point she, when Wanda is, like, looking at the radio and she's going, who's that? And mm. and who are you? Like, what are you? Or something yeah. like that. 
who are you? Why are you here? Yeah, and then she so the, it it breaks it affects whatever ha- is happening to Wanda is affecting people around her slowly but surely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's starting to people break with character and then they snap back. Yes, and and it seems um, to like like Wanda doesn't seem to be totally like it's not like she's like ah oh, you're you're breaking character. She's freaked out too. She doesn't yes. know what's going on. Yeah, like when she finds the helicopter. Like, the music is just like a horror movie, and she's pulling yeah. it out of the bushes. It's like, bleh, bleh, music, and then and, uh, the neighbour turns up and is like, hey She's like, ah, and snaps back. And, uh, yeah, what was there any symbolism in the bunny, apart from the fact that, you know, it was a magic act? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just, I mean, everyone sort of says these lines and you're like, okay, that feels like it means something, but <laughs> maybe we'll find, we'll probably find out in like five episodes. Yeah. I loved the magic tricks that her little waving yes. her fingers and, and then the, <laughs> she turns the piano from a, a 3D into a 2D prop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like but, a YouTube as, video. Well, the thing is, as someone who has to make a lot of two-dimensional props for shows, I was applauding that. I was like, I think maybe that's maybe that's why I felt like this real kinship when they were doing the magic show and doing the stunts and and making them yeah. the real magic seem like fake magic, and that was the whole bit was revealing their secrets. In a real magic uh, show, everything's fake. That's everything's fake. Yeah, and uh, and I. I, th- I think maybe that's why I loved it so much because, like, that piano became a 2D piano and the guy in the audience was like, that was my grandmother's piano. <laughs> I was like, what's it doing on the street? Like, what's it doing at a concert? <laughs> yeah, so th- I, th- I think maybe that's why I felt such an affinity for this, yeah. But I, I that that sequence was just so good because, like... It was- Glorious. You completely buy in to the stakes of what's happening. Yeah. Like they have and that's to. What I mean. They have to convince the. You know, Vision's Vision's gotten like weird robot drunk, and so yes. she has to cover for him using her powers, but making it seem like it's a normal magic act. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so Samantha and Darren from Bewitched. Yes. Exactly. Um, you know, just her wiggling her nose and something popping up, and oh, it was yeah, it was really really glorious. And it's just the kind of situation that yeah. a 60s sitcom would be in. It, it, everything about it just rang true. And her. But it also it also does something really important, which is that um in in the movies that we've seen up until now, and if you haven't seen any of the movies for whatever reason, you're coming in cold. It very clearly sets up that part of Wanda's like Wanda has telekinesis; she can move plates around and things like that. But she also has like reality warping powers where she can make things out of nothing, you know, like she can she can suddenly yeah. point her finger and suddenly there's a gantry there that wasn't there before. You know, and she or, made the rings for them. That's it. She made the rings out yeah. of nothing. And so she has the ability to create stuff. And so I think that's very important for the show going forward. I also wanted to say, oh, I was actually a little bit disappointed that it went to colour at the end of the second episode. I kind I don't know, I was enjoying the black and white. I really was into it. And I now that you've said, you know, they're going to go to the 70s and, of course, Bewitched, it, it makes sense they did it when they did it because Bewitched famously went to colour and yes. then continued. So I do get it, but I was a little bit like, oh, I've been really enjoying as I say, the, the the styling of the black and white, the over-the-top makeup and effects. Mm. And um, so I was just like, oh. <laughs> but I get it. I, you know, I get it. 
It couldn't, it couldn't it. last, but it was nice to have it for two episodes. It was it was a fun way to start the series. Uh, I wrote uh, about the retro stuff. I wrote great wigs. Well, that ties into what I just said. Um, oh, <laughs> at one point, Vision's hands were still human, even when his face had gone back to being a robot. Oh, and okay. I wondered if was that, that was on. I can't remember at what point. I think it might have even been a couple of points, but he had, because he does his little face trick to put on his human face. Mm. But then at one point she's talking to him and like they're holding hands or he's fiddling with his cuffs or something and he's got human hands, but his okay. face is back to being metals. I, I was trying to work, like, remember, does, like, I'm sure he has metal type hands or maybe he just always wore gloves. But uh, it no, seems I, weird. I think he just, his, his hands look like the rest of him, but. Yeah, but he, you know, he he literally makes the joke about how I'm I'm just a regular carbon-based life form like you, you know. He doesn't. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I didn't know if that was a mistake or I, I feel like it probably was on purpose. I just can't work out the maybe he was just right. Yeah, no, I, I didn't I didn't clock that, but yeah, I'm not sure what that. I mean, I I, I doubt it was a mistake, but but it might have been. Yes. Oh no, I I doubt it was too. I just sort of noticed it and went, oh. And then the other big thing that I just wanted to, uh, well, it was the first thing that I actually wrote down, but I'll say it as my last thing. The first episode was basically an extended version of Steamed Hams from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it going, this this, this is Steamed Hams. This is literally, I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> Steamed Hams is a homage to those old sitcoms as well. But, but so this, I is, mean, this is what I mean. It's like full, come full circle. Oh, my God. Steamed Steamed hams is a pitch perfect, what, four minute, whatever it is, slice of uh, Simpsons <laughs> episode, which, you know, has its own kind of cult following. Oh, like Lord, just what is sketch. happening there? And yeah, Aurora Borealis. But just the <laughs> fact that they had the, the, the windows open and then Paul Bettany trying to distract them and, you know, it was like beat for beat steamed hams. I, think. I did not even clock that, but that is amazing. Didn't you? No. I was just watching it going. It's steamed hands. It's like, you know, she's in the kitchen with things twirling around her and stuff on fire. And, yeah, see, that's me. That's my contribution to this uh, podcast on WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons foretells all. Yes. So, overall, I guess, going back to uh, – we're wrapping up, I suppose. That's sort of – it. Was, was there anything else we haven't mentioned? I mentioned I love the magic show. I like the fact that they kind of became, you know, the new town – what would you call it? Sort of the Newtown comedy heroes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they sort of well, they they fit in. They 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 won. They 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 won the talent show, and everyone loves them. <laughs> um, a couple of little things like like the symbol on the front of the uh, magic cabinet that they're using looks very similar to the Mind Stone that Vision has in his forehead. Oh yeah, uh, that triangular no diamond yeah. sort of shape, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That sort of diamond sort of shape. Yeah, so that's. Probably that. I mean, it's yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of little things. Um, did did we talk about the kids? Like like did we talk about the fact that she's pregnant? We mentioned it, but yeah, because that's in the comics, isn't it? I think that is. Yeah, that, what that's little a I know, like clue as to what sort of story this is going to be. Right. Um, okay. Do you think they'll be real? Because like, I mean, if he's not a carbon-based life form, like, how is he? Yeah. You know, like. Basically, like, in, in the know, comics, and I suspect in, in this one... Biologically, uh, Stu, there's some questions there. Yeah, exactly. The, the kids exist, but they're like she made them. And then, wow. and then And then they're not there anymore. So there's so. no... If I can if I can be blunt, Stu, there's no vision jism <laughs> involved in the process. I'm sorry. I brought the tone down. I've, we were talking about a highfalutin... Not at all. You, you brought the tone exactly comic book where show. it I've declassed it. <laughs> uh, no, there, there is no vision jism. So, 
<laughs> you can see why I was asking. Yes, exactly. No, no, exactly. And and that's the thing. So he can't father children. He's a robot. So uh, she, so she creates some make kids. Yeah. Well, she like, creates but, some kids, yeah. and there, there's there's some various comic book shenanigans, and then she doesn't have kids anymore. And then she kind of goes crazy for about 10 years worth of publishing history. So What, because she doesn't have kids anymore? Well, just just a, a lot of things happen in that whole storyline. And she she then spends the next sort of 10 or so years of publishing uh, history in the real world being various forms of insane and people trying to stop her because she's incredibly powerful and also unhinged. And that's not what you want. It's not what you want. No, no, you, you don't want someone with reality warping powers to not have a yeah. grasp on reality. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, see Donald Trump. Um, so <laughs> but what I was going to say, if she can just, like, make children, and, I, look, I obviously haven't been through the process myself, but as I understand it, as is told to me, the process of birthing children is not necessarily the most pleasant um, no. thing. So why wouldn't you just, like, create some children just go, oh, look, here they are. Here's some babies. Look, I just made some babies. There, there, there they are. Actually, I made them pre-toilet trained, so we don't have to worry about. And also I trained them how to, like, talk and read and stuff. So they or you know, um, <laughs> look, I've just I've just created two 18-year-olds who've, you know, done okay in school and they're just going to go off now into the world. So that's, that's my extent of parenting. To me, that sounds like the way to go. Mm, I don't know, Stu, yeah. you've got a young daughter. Do you ever wish that you could just sort of, like, go – You've instantly like wiggle your fingers like Scarlet Witch and then boom, no more nappies or I don't know what I actually don't know. Yeah, what pretty much. I mean, certainly the on the process. nappy thing, I would be very happy for that to be over. That could be. <laughs> There's definitely just, you, know, you get the sense that like time is passing and you know you got to savor every moment because it'll be gone before you realize. <laughs> and then, but having said that, like I could definitely do with never changing another nappy again. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> You know what? It's important to be realistic yeah. about the challenges of parenthood. For sure, exactly. You have to deal with a lot more feces than you probably ever have had to deal with before, <laughs> unless you, like, farm cows or something. Uh, just my thoughts. <laughs> um, uh, totally unwarranted uh, thoughts. Well, Stu, anything else? I'm trying to think. Overall, I just I really enjoyed the two episodes, and yeah, I quite I like the fact time. they're going to be dropping week by week, so maybe we can catch up and talk about them. We also have to get Raven Bat underway, which we will do now that I'm not going to Perth. Uh, <laughs> don't have any excuses. And have you been watching anything else pop culture before we go? Anything to tick off? Or? Um, I was just trying to think. I mean, the last the last sort of thing that I was keeping up with was uh, The Mandalorian, which fortunately uh, finished late last year, which was uh, very, very good. And now, now that you have access to Disney Plus, you should really watch that if you if you have the time. Well, do I like Star Wars though? I don't well, I know don't, that I, don't I know. you know. Did you I tell me once that, that you've I... never seen Star Wars or or you've oh, seen I've them? Oh, I've seen but... them. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen. It took me a lot. I think I was in my early twenties before I saw the original trio, and then I didn't see Phantom Menace at the cinema, and then I did see Revenge of the Sith and the other one, Crimes of the Hague. No, that's not right. Um, Judgment at Nuremberg. No. Uh, <laughs> Sithy, I, I honestly having a bra I'm making jokes, but honestly, I think I'm getting Alzheimer's um, or having a WandaVision style reversing reality moment. Uh, re um, are you thinking of Revenge of the Sith or? Yeah, well, then what was the middle one? Oh, the clone, cloney. Oh, the, clone uh, the Attack yeah. of the Clones, yeah. That's right, okay. So I saw those two at the cinema and then I've seen the most recent Well, three. we definitely, we, we did a podcast about one of them, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. wasn't very good. 
Uh, it was not very good. But the I've heard only good things. Yeah, I've heard the great things about it. Um, but I tell you what, I did binge watch this weekend, and I absolutely adore. And I don't know if you've seen it, but I feel like it's it's a show right up the stew wheelhouse. Uh, is Ted Lasso? Oh yes. Now this is the thing. I want to watch this, but I'm not involved with Apple like even a little bit. Like I, I have no Apple products. I don't. Okay. Like, oh, so you have those, no Apple products. I'm just I'm just not locked into Apple and so I don't have Apple TV and oh. there's no real easy way for me to watch Ted Lasso. I, it is absolutely when when I heard about it I was like I want to watch oh, that show. That sounds it, like it's my right up my alley. Stu, I uh it's a Steve show from way back and I <laughs> can we arrange a time when I could come up because I can bring over because I, I got a year subscription to Apple TV because I bought a new computer and I finally worked out how to run it and now I have worked out how to watch, and I watched Ted Lasso. It was my, my friend Liz has been, like, on me for months to watch this show. Mm. And we finally, because um, I caught up with her yesterday and we put on an episode, and then, like, six episodes later went, okay, right. I have to go home now. <laughs> <laughs> and then today I finished it off. And it is a pitch-perfect show, which is a pun because it's about a soccer coach and yes. the pitches yeah. at the field. But, uh, that wasn't, like, an accidental pun, Stu. But it is, I would love to watch <laughs> it with you because I think you would have the best reactions and yeah, stuff to it. I mean, we don't uh, so even have a podcast, and we could just we could just watch it. Well, we could watch it, and then maybe do a podcast at the end and talk about why it's so lovely. Yes. Because it's only like half hour episodes, and there's only ten of them, so we could be like an afternoon and done. Mm. I think it would be good for our friendship. I think it would be bonding. <laughs> you know, just to get really into 2021 in a really positive state of mind. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I could bring over my computer. We could cast it to your TV or something. That's what people do now. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, that could be a thing. Yeah. All right. Let's let's work it out. If you you know call in if you have seen Ted Lasso and you think Stu would like it, please tweet us. I'm at Girl Clumsy. Stu is at Disco Stu. And they've just started shooting season two, oh, and good. apparently they've already been approved for a season three. So awesome. Um, um, but yes, that's that's what I watched. So I did something new, mm, <laughs> and uh, very much enjoyed it. But yeah, so WandaVision will be the new thing. Oh, and the watch. I have been watching the watch. Yes. Which I, I assume do. this episode will go out before our watch episode, yes. which was recorded uh, at the same time as our Doctor Who episode. And if you've I already gone had... cross-eyed, we apologise. Yes, and I haven't put it out because I've watched two episodes since and was like, oh, maybe we should have a catch-up and just talk about, like, say, halfway through or at the end of it or something. I don't know. Um, it's, like, grown on me a little bit, but also it's still weird. Yes. That's about the yeah. best yeah. explanation I that's, have. That's a perfect it. explanation where where I, I feel like episode three especially was was much better than the first two episodes. Yes. But also like it's still They did take five just, minutes for a for a dance break, like Yeah. <laughs> like just oh. uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you're watching the watch the Terry Pratchett inspired uh, BBC <laughs> America show. Loosely definitely inspired. call in. But I think that's about all for now. Be big be good uh, people. A YouTuber I watch says um, make good choices, which I think is a lovely. What a lovely. A lovely uh, yeah. Put out in the world. People, if if you are, you know, Donald Trump, make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Donald Trump, make good choices. Um, that whole thing was so crazy. That was so bizarre. Anyway, let's not talk about it. Uh, Stu, people can find you at Disco Stew. People can find me at Girl Clumsy, and I I. We don't have a saying. Is there is there a catchphrase for I know, is there a catchphrase? I was just thinking, is there a catchphrase to this show? No, I'm going to have to find who's doing, music who, to you. Natalie, Natalie, who's doing this to you? 
<laughs> who's doing this to you, Stu? Who's doing this to, who's doing this to us? Who's doing this to us? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you soon, hopefully, probably with more WandaVision. And bat, bat on. Bat on. Oh, my God. Bat on. Have, have we cracked it? Have we come up with a better part? As in, like, bat on. Not, like, pass a bat on, but, you know, like, bat on. Maybe. Okay, maybe raise the bat we'll, is still better. We'll workshop. Keep we'll keep workshopping. <laughs> this whole podcast has been one long workshop since 2015. That's what Absolutely. I love about it. Uh, Stu, thank you so much. Everyone, have a great week, and we will see you very soon. Bye.